What's up, Kentucky Hikers? It's Media Mike here with your Kentucky Hiker Project podcast for Thursday, August 4th, 2022. This episode is benefiting Kentucky Natural Lands Trust, a nonprofit organization whose mission it is to expand our public lands. And we're going to help them out with a thousand bucks so they can add another acre for the good guys. That's us. Uh, on today's episode, we're going to talk about the flooding in eastern Kentucky. My experience with catastrophic loss, what's ahead for the folks affected, and how this project and the Kentucky hiking community can help both now and well into the future. To start, let me give you a link to an organization that's been doing some great work over the years and right now has likely the most comprehensive list of resources. It's Apple Shop, as in Appalachia Shop. Please visit appleshop.org and click the flood link to list to find a list of resources for the community affected and ways you can help. Right now, it's the basics, food, clothing, shelter, um, especially in the middle of this heat wave. If you can give financially, pick a way to send some money. If you can give uh, needed supplies, find a drop-off drop off center and help in that way. Again, that's appleshop.org, spelled A-P-P-A-L-S-H-O-P.org. And here's a letter from the organization. Dear Apple Shop community, to say the past few days has been overwhelming would be an understatement. We have felt immense grief and sorrow, pain and fear, and a bone-deep dread of discovering the true toll of these floods on our building and our archive. But we have also felt incredible gratitude for all of the love and support that is poured out on our behalf and on behalf of our community. Our recovery begins, and it will take weeks, months, even years in some cases. When the floodwaters first receded, we discovered that our apple tree that's planted on the grounds beside our beloved shop was still standing with its roots intact. <clears throat> Despite record floodwaters of over 20 feet, our little apple tree still stands bearing fruit and hope. Thank you all for your kindness and your willingness to come together for us and for the Appalachian community. There are no words to express how deeply we love and appreciate all of you. And then they quoted uh, an excerpt from The Apple Tree by Wendell Berry. In the essence of prose, in the essential prose of things, the apple tree stands up, emphatic among the accidents of the afternoon, solvent, not to be denied. In solidarity, the apple shop. Uh, P.S., and this is always the most important thing, always a P.S. Please continue to share our resource page at appleshop.org slash flood support. We've managed to raise thousands in direct aid and get immediate help to so many folks in need, thanks to our community, and the needs will continue in the days and weeks ahead. Having been through a catastrophic loss, I can tell you uh, with no uncertainty that it's gonna take years, uh, a lot of years to recover from this and it's gonna be pretty awful along the way. Um, see, LaFana and I had a bit of a rough start. I knocked her up, uh, knocked up the peach, preacher's daughter and uh, we had the classic shotgun wedding. Then we lived with my parents for almost a year until we bought our first home, the home we still live in today, a two bedroom condo. Um, so we were married April 25th of 1998. Uh, LaFonda graduated from D Purdue in May, uh, moved to Northern Kentucky the same month, uh, gave birth to our son August 30th, and we moved into our brand spanking new condo in April of 1999. Four months later, it burned to the ground. <laughs> Whoops. Um, I was working nights at the Fidelity Investment Center uh, call center as a brokerage representative. And uh, at the time, I got a call from my dad that came through um, on my headset, which is you know super weird. And he just called and he said, hey, Mike, um, you know, your place uh, is on fire. And um, but, you know, uh, LaFonda and Chase are safe. And so you just need to come home. And so I went over to my boss uh, at the time, Lucy, and I said, you know, hey, Lucy, uh, I got to go. My house is on fire. So um, I'll see you sometime later. And so I just took off and, um, you know, came home and, of course, uh, came into the neighborhood. And, you know, we do live in suburbia here in northern Kentucky. And so came into the neighborhood 
uh, was filled with fire trucks and then onlookers and uh, all this other stuff. And so I finally made my way through all of that. Um, you know, uh, saw uh, LaFonda and Chase. They were fine. Uh, just a little bit shook up uh, from the whole experience. And, um, you know, of course, the uh, condo was uh, not in great shape. Uh, it was burned. And then uh, not only with the burning, but then you also get, um, you know, all of the fire suppression. So you get plenty of water. And so there's water damage, fire damage, smoke damage, all that stuff. And then it was uh, a few days before we were allowed to come back in and try to salvage some things um, out of the condo that we had. Um, you know, we were pretty young at the time. Uh, literally, it was half a lifetime ago, 46. And so we were 23 um, at that time. And um, so I think that the only thing that we really salvaged from the entire fire was <clears throat> we had some uh, photos, uh, like wedding photos and that kind of stuff. And they just happened to be in this one closet uh, that uh, had sustained the least amount of damage and um, they were relatively dry. And so we were able to save those. But um, for the most part, everything else was just uh, a total loss. So that night, uh, I think if I remember right, we um, spent the night over at my parents' house. Uh, the next morning I had a job interview um, and so I didn't have any clo uh, clothes other than what I was wearing the day before. So I stopped in at our Walmart picked up the best clothes I could find, uh, stopped into the interview, uh, which was with a local bank at the time. And I said, you know, hey, I'm sorry about my attire, but um, you know, our place burned down last night. And they just kind of, first they were a little bit shocked and then we had a good laugh about it. And they just said, you know, hey, you must really want this job. And I was like, sure do, uh, I'm gonna need that money, right? <laughs> so anyway, wound up getting the job and then um, we uh, wound up, uh, we did have insurance um, and so we were moved out into an apartment um, that was not far from uh, where we live now. And so we lived there for almost a year while they, um, you know, basically uh, knocked down what was left of the building and then um, reconstructed it. And so uh, we lived in that apartment for a year. It was easily the worst year of our marriage um, by far. Um, it was just, you know, the financial strain. So we, while we did have insurance, we were uh, significantly underinsured. So when we went to our um, you know, property and casualty agent, we just said, you know, hey, we're just getting started. How much uh, insurance do we need? And they gave us an amount. And I would say that amount was easily $50,000 under what was needed. Uh, at the time, we were both in suit jobs. And so just suits alone, I think we had $10,000 worth of uh, insurance. We probably needed 60, you know, or no, it was 25,000 and we needed 75,000. That's what it was. And so we had 25,000 uh, to insure our, our personal possessions. And then uh, it wound up being about 75000 because one of the things that you don't think about when you buy insurance is that when you replace things, it's not really what you pay. It's not what you paid to purchase the item. Um, what we paid was full price. We didn't have the opportunity to shop sales because we needed to close immediately. We needed you know, just all of the things for living uh, right off of the bat. And so we wound up paying big ticket prices, you know, full prices for everything. And um, you know, just kind of get restarted, and then um, so from that we had plenty of credit card debt. The credit card debt we wound up taking uh, at some point a, uh, a home equity uh, loan in order to consolidate all of that. And uh, and as it turns out, we are still actually uh, that's incorporated into our mortgage, and so we're still actually technically paying for it right now, 23 years later, right? So, you know, so as far as catastrophic loss goes, you know, we've been through something um, that is not uh, pleasant, um, but the flood, the flooding is a totally different thing. Um, so while people will have lost uh, all of their possessions and, you know, their homes and that kind of thing, 
and they'll go through a similar process with the insurance claims and then uh, rebuilding and you know kind of getting their life back together. Um, the flooding is it's a community-wide event and so uh, while I was able to you know stop in at Walmart and pick up uh, clothes for an interview <clears throat> you know down in that in the affected region uh, a lot of those uh, you know sh stores are flooded as well and so you can't just you know go in and pick up whatever it is that you need uh, quite as easily not on, on top of that you have a lot of roads that are out uh, roads that are covered in uh, you know uh, mud at this point <clears throat> you know a week later and then on top of that, you've got a major, um, you know, heat wave coming through um, as people are trying to clean up and salvage what they can. Um, in addition to that, you don't really know how, you know, there's still plenty of people without electricity, without running water, um, without just the, the true basics of life. And so when you talk about, um, you know, catastrophic loss, uh, ours, you know, on our house burning down, it was, uh, you know, that's a one, you know, one off. Uh, when you have a community community-based disaster like this, um, it's an entirely different level of catastrophic loss. And so, you know, when you think about um, folks that are out there uh, and the kind of help that they need, uh, there's just there's so many different needs, uh, and you know, you can't just look for uh, government assistance. I mean, there will be plenty of that uh, in the weeks and months that come. Um, the insurance companies will come in, they'll have their uh, claims adjusters come in to, you know, assess damage and write checks and that kind of stuff. Um, but when you have so many people that are going to be displaced, it's going to be hard to find any type of temporary housing, especially in an area that is not necessarily filled with loads of uh, housing, excess housing capacity. Um, so on top of that, you have, um, while Lathan and I were able to go to our jobs the, the morning after our fire, um, we, you know, in that community, um, a lot of those jobs, like there is no income coming in. Um, for the business owners that are down there, um, they're going to be dealing with a more complicated claim. Uh, so they'll have not only the uh, physical loss of, you know, building contents, that kind of stuff, uh, but they're also going to be looking at, um, you know, lost income uh, during this period of time. You know, I'm sure that rent is still due, leases are still payable, um, and those sorts of things. And so, um, if you didn't have business continuation insurance, you know, then there's going to be a problem there uh, in that form as well. So the, so the loss is multifaceted. Um, it is a nasty, nasty thing to uh, try to sort through. And it will take easily, um, it'll take, you know, several weeks just to kind of get through the initial phase of loss, which is, you know, you have all the, you know, human things of grieving and everything else, especially for the folks who uh, lost uh, friends and family members um, to the floods. Um, but then in addition to that, you have, you know, just trying to put the basic pieces of life back together. You know, where are you going to live? How are you going to feed yourself? How are you going to get water? How are you going to get electric? How, you know, all of these basic things um, that we take for granted on a day-by-day -day basis. And so um, these things will take months uh, to put back together, which is, you know, uh, putting back the water supply, um, getting the, uh, you know, electric companies, um, they, they do a pretty good job. They do this after hurricanes as well. Um, they will call in, uh, you know, basically their disaster teams from uh, across the region, and they will send in as many teams as are necessary in order to reestablish power uh, in the affected region. Uh, they'll, you know, so it's going to be an all hands on deck for a lot of different, um, you know, workers out there. And so, but it takes a long time. You know, you can't rebuild uh, roads and infrastructure overnight. It takes a long time to do that. Um, construction projects, especially right now, because we're uh, getting toward the back end of summer, 
Um, so a lot of this, is, there's going to be a lot of rearranging in order to try to restore just basic transportation needs and utilities in the area. So um, when I say, you know, a lot of times uh, when these disasters come up, people kind of think of it and it's like, all right, you know, I'll give a donation now. Um, but really, there's a much longer term effect uh, to this. These types of catastrophes have, a, have an extremely long tail. Um, and the fact is that you never truly fully recover from this type of loss, um, even with insurance, even with, uh, you know, government, um, you know, assistance and that kind of stuff. Like it just it's a loss that, uh, you know, until you've been through something like it, um, you just don't know the the full extent of the loss and the toll that it takes because there's, you know, it affects your relationships, it affects your finances, it affects your uh, career and your job. Um, you know, it affects every element of the human experience. And so um, I have uh, I have a lot of uh, empathy for the people down there uh, in eastern Kentucky. I know that it's uh, just a rough, rough time and it's going to be for some time. So, you know, so ultimately this is the Kentucky Hiker Project podcast. And this hiking project is, you know, it's about hiking. And so uh, one of the things that, you know, that you know, I had to ask myself over the course of the last week is, you know, like, what can uh, this project <clears throat> do to help out? You know, like, what, what, uh, what can be done, right? So obviously, there's a financial donation, and that's already been uh, done to a limited extent, you know, obviously not rich here, didn't win the Powerball or whatever it was, they had all the monies. But, um, you know, the project, it's really centered on hiking, and hiking is really a subset of tourism. And so, um, there's, it's kind of interesting because right now Red River Gorge is having, um, you know, community conversations about whether or not they want to, uh, have a massive expansion and that kind of stuff. And then there's also been this idea of, uh, dispersed tourism, which is, you know, getting people a little bit further out into Eastern Kentucky, um, to visit these, uh, these counties, especially a lot of these counties that were affected, um, you know, to get out there beyond Red River Gorge. And so that's kind of going to be the emphasis for the project over these next few weeks is putting together a lot of the content and organizing it in an easily consumable way so that you can uh, head east into a uh, little bit further out into eastern Kentucky to get past Red River Gorge and Carter Cave uh, State Park and really visit uh, the, the, the areas that have been affected. So um, in terms of what I've hiked so far and the stuff that I've documented, I've documented uh, probably 90% of the hiking along Pine Mountain. Um, and so that the affected uh, counties, um, as listed in the disaster declaration, are Pike and Letcher County. Um, Letcher County in particular um, with Whitesburg, <clears throat> um, it, you know, it's the, the, the images and everything that came out of there. I mean, it's just it's hor it's horrifying, you know. Um, but, you know, so what I'm going to do with the project is basically to uh, put together all of the assets, both from the old uh, website and the new website, kind of repackage a lot of that stuff um, so that you can turn into some trip itineraries uh, so that you can go out, take a road trip, uh, visit the area. You can do a day trip. Um, if you're coming from Lexington, it's only it's only a few hours drive uh, to the affected areas. If you were going to go to Red River Gorge, you can just think of it as it's an extra, you know, uh, two hours. So. Um, to get out to these areas and even less if you stop short of Pine Mountain. And so um, visiting these areas and that kind of stuff right now, not a good idea um, from the standpoint that a lot of places are, you know, just really trying to um, help out the community, um, get, you know, needed supplies to the people who need them. And so unless you're going down there to uh, drop a donation uh, to deliver supplies or to uh, drop off supplies, 
um, you know, that's probably not the best time right now. Um, you know, obviously it's not a bad idea to go and, uh, you know, go hike at any given time, but, uh, when it comes to visiting towns and that kind of stuff, um, just tread carefully because, um, you know, a lot of the businesses are closed. Uh, they're in the cleanup stages. If you want to put on some muck boots and uh, all the safety equipment and help out, that I'm sure that is definitely welcome. Um, but over the course of the next uh, few months, as the businesses kind of recover, get back in business, I remember I heard an interview with uh, the owner of one of the distilleries uh, in Whitesburg, and uh, you know he was hoping to be reopened within a couple of weeks. And so, um, so we'll just see how that goes. But um, in terms of the project, it's really I'm going to put a lot of hiking out there. Um, that'll get you uh, kind of driving through the region that's been affected and then also hiking in the region. And so it'd be great if you could just make some plans to do that. And then when you visit, of course, make sure that you visit the local businesses, spend some money. Uh, if normally you're packing your uh, lunches or dinners and that kind of thing, uh, just pick up some supplies there. Um, grab uh, breakfast, lunch, dinner in town. Um, leave a nice generous tip um, so you know when it comes to hiking and the interactions with the local community typically um, we interact through restaurants um, service businesses and that kind of stuff and so um, you know definitely do that but just try to do it on a little bit uh, larger scale at least whatever your pocketbook can afford um, in terms of uh, the hiking community long term, uh, these things take, you know, I mean, they do take years to recover from. And so um, I think that it's always great to add, um, you know, this kind of extreme eastern Kentucky uh, area to kind of your annual rituals. And so booking trips there, um, you know, on an annual basis, visiting the area, um, I can tell you that when it comes to um, you know, fall foliage and fall views. I actually like the forest composition out there uh, better than I do in Red River Gorge. It seems to pop a little bit better in terms of color. Um, so make plans for this fall to come, you know, to come, go down to the region. There are uh, in Pike County, uh, there is uh, Brakes Interstate Park. In Letcher County, there is Kingdom Come State Park. In between, uh, there is a long trail, the Pine Mountain State Scenic Trail, which is also part of the Kentucky State Park system. Um, that connects the two properties. And so uh, there's a lot of hiking down there um, along Pine Mountain. Uh, there's also a number of different wildlife management areas um, in the area. So when hunting season opens, you know, maybe head down that way um, and, you know, just have some fun. So, you know, the, the it, hiking is, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a pleasure activity. It's a recreational activity um, and it's a lot of fun. But at the same time, it can actually uh, be used to do some good um, I know that in some other areas that have been affected by the loss of the coal industry, um, you know, especially uh, prime examples actually just across the border in uh, southwest Virginia, it's Norton, Virginia, and they have been working um, at a fever pace uh, to attract um, outdoor tourism dollars. And so they've been constructing tons of trails, mountain biking trails, uh, hiking trails, um, and they've really done a great job of assembling some businesses that also support that. And so I, I see similar things happening uh, in that region, um, even if it's not a primary focus of uh, a lot of the leadership down there. So, but when you take a look, um, it's a beautiful area. It really is uh, phenomenal. Um, there are, you know, you have the you have Pine Mountain, which is the beginning of the ridges and valleys uh, section of the Appalachian Mountains. And then uh, just short of that, you have tons of knobs and the views from uh, up top on Pine Mountain are just, uh, they're the biggest in Kentucky, period. I mean, there is no bigger view 
uh, anywhere in Kentucky than what you can find uh, on the ridgeline uh, of Pine Mountain and, and both um, Pike County and Letcher County, and then on down the line all the way down to Bell County uh, and into Tennessee. So um, anyway, so this, you know, this pro- uh, podcast, it's basically just been, you know, I just kind of want to give you a few resources. Um, you can also, uh, of course, donate to the Team Kentucky Fund. Um, you know, FEMA and, uh, you know, the whatever, you know, uh, organizations the uh, state of Kentucky can put together will be down there on the ground uh, delivering assistance. I also want to give a quick shout out to all of the National Guards men and women, uh, along with uh, all of the uh, emergency response crews, including uh, Wolf County Search and Rescue. Um, the, the rescue work that they did um, it was just phenomenal. I mean, if you follow any of those pages, you know that that was some, uh, some actual heroic work. And so anyway, so this has been the, uh, Kentucky Hiker Project podcast. Um, the total donated to the Kentucky Natural Lands Trust now stands at 120 bucks. Uh, it's a Benjamin and an Andy or, and, uh, that puts us at 12% to goal. Um, if you'd like to sponsor an episode, submit an ad or give a shout out to one of your fellow hikers, go to the podcast page at kentuckyhiker.org slash podcast and hit the sponsor an episode link. Um, I can write the ad copy or you can do it yourself. Um, thanks for listening and please make plans to uh, visit, spend liberally and hike in the affected flood region. Um, as I put together these resources on the website, um, I'll definitely share them on Instagram uh, through the weekly email um, and then also on the podcast just to highlight it. Um, but this will be something that um, I'll definitely do a check-in probably uh, every three months or so and because um, there's just uh, tremendous outdoor beauty there, and uh, there is also a community that is in need. And so if you can make plans to get down there, spend some money, put inject some money into the local economy, visit these locally-owned businesses to keep more of that money in the local economy, um, then that's all good stuff. So thanks so much for listening, and uh, you know, get out there and hike.